Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Dodgers and Yankees make big splashes in free agency, the LA Chargers moving on from their head coach, only a few games remain, looking at the current slate of the NFL at the three-quarter mark. Can anyone challenge the 49ers? Checking in on the NFL playoff race. Basketball, family, and presents, previewing this year's NBA Christmas Day games. With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Thursday night uh, in Matt's basement, um, getting one last show in before the before the holidays and a busy time in sports, but a busy time for everybody's family. So i uh, got another mixed bag for you here on the, on the slate, and I'm uh, going to get it kicked off with a little bit of winter MLB news, um, you know, the uh, MLB's been over for a handful of months, but that isn't stopping teams from trying to make a big splash here in, in free agency to set themselves up to bring home a World Series trophy for for next year. And, you know, two teams that we'll talk about here, you know, shortly, um, you know, no strangers to making big splashes in free agency. And here they are, you know, at the beginning of the free agency, making making some big some big headlines here. And We'll get get started with the with the New York Yankees making the making the big trade for uh, the outfielder Juan Juan Soto from the the San Diego Padres. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this on this trade? Yeah, you know, a, a good good deal for the Yankees. I'm, I'm not so sure how much I love it for the Padres. They seems like they didn't get a lot back for Soto. It was uh, Soto and Trent Gresham going to the Yankees for uh, Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Drew Thorpe. And Kyle Higashokia, uh, you know, all all prospects really. N- nothing that's really been producing big time in the MLB. So no, no big names there coming from the Padres over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know, I, I think the Yan- Yankees did well to get you know an All Star caliber player, somebody they can slot right into their outfield and and play from day one and and not give up a ton. Yeah, and Soto though he's he's looking like he's projected to make about thirty three million dollars in arbitration this off season. So mm-hmm. you know a lot of payroll on this Yankees team. You right. got him, Giancarlo Stanton, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Judge. Right. I mean the list goes on and on. With a lot of big contracts. So yeah, the Yankees better start winning, mm-hmm. or these big contracts are not going to be good good on their books. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. You know and. Uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, kind of interesting in the MLB, you know, as of recent, because, you know, the teams that have gone out there and spent big money and, you know, whatever hasn't paid off for any of these teams, you know, the, the Yankees being one of them, the Dodgers being another, you know, the, the Padres being another team that has spent a ton of money and has not, you know, has not paid dividends for, for them. And, um, you know, so we'll see what the Yankees can do here, obviously adding another, you know, another big name, another all-star to their, to their roster. Um, you know, they're, you know, already have somewhat of an all-star outfield or do have an all-star outfield, you know, add Soto to a list that includes, yeah, like you said, John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, uh, you know, Trent, Trent Grisham, you know, the guy that they also traded for from the Padres. Uh, but then they also, you know, added uh, Alex Verdugo, um, the outfielder from the from the Boston Red Sox, probably the Red Sox best best player here as of the last couple couple seasons. So, you know, they got a got a pretty pretty bad uh, pretty good pretty good lineup out there in the outfield so be interesting to see what what the Yankees are able to do or how they're able to make that make it all you know kind of come together um you know it um but you know for the Padres <clears throat> I think this move is you know again they went out there and spent the big money mm-hmm. didn't, didn't, work, didn't out. work out you know they free up around 35 million dollars from their you know from their payroll to uh, you know, now go after a, a bigger need, I think, for the Padres, and that's their that's their starting pitching. Um, they only have two of their five starters from last year that are still on the team from last year. So they got three starting rotation spots, you know, three, two, possibly three starting rotation spots to fill that, you know, that that's going to be tough. And, you know, to have an extra $35 million to right. be able to do that, that that's going to be huge for, for a Padres team. But, you know, a couple of these, um, you know, pitching prospects that they did get from the Yankees, you know, they 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 do show some promise. Obviously, you 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 know, you'll you'll wait and see what happens when it comes to comes to prospects. But uh, you know, Michael King, you know, did get uh, eight to pitch eight times last year. You know, got the start. He did pitch quite a bit for the Yankees, but 
um, you know, got actual eight starts during his during his time with the Yankees. And in those eight starts, he uh, had a had a sub two ERA. So, you know, maybe this is maybe this guy is, you know, the next up and coming pitcher for the Padres. Maybe they got maybe they got a steal. Who knows? Right. Um, but um, then then Drew Thorpe, obviously another another prospect, a guy that's played in uh, single A ball and, and double A ball, you know, last year. But in his uh, 16 starts, he got between, you know, single A and double A he went 14 and two. 252 ERA, 182 strikeouts, and you know, only walked 38 batters in almost 140 innings pitch. So, you know, quite a bit of experience. Obviously, the jump from single A and double A ball all the way up to the majors is, you know, there's a reason that they're the best of the best in the majors. So it will be a little bit of, you know, getting used to. I, I don't expect that Thorpe comes out if he does get the chance to start or pitch for the Padres, that he comes out and lights the world on fire. But does does show some promise having some you know some good uh, good stats there and you know the minor the minor league so you know it it is interesting that you know only in a short amount of time the Padres obviously walking away from Soto because if you remember not too long ago they they made the trade for Soto right. back in uh, August 2022 with the uh, Washington Nationals um, so they they brought you know brought him over and you know got um, you know traded away a few prospects or a handful of prospects to the nationals to be able to get Soto. And, you know, obviously the Padres had higher, you know, higher aspirations when they, you know, when they acquired Soto because they already had all stars on their team and Tatis jr, you know, uh, Manny Machado. Um, they added Xander Bogarts this past off season. So, you know, the Padres had world series titles or deep playoff runs written all over them when they made this trade for Soto. Well, didn't didn't quite pan out. They only made it to to one playoff in that in that you know three years that they had you know you know potentially three years that they had Juan Soto, only made it to one playoff, and only made it to you know didn't even make it to the the, the you know to the big dance. They they made it just you know just short. They were in the NL NLCS right, uh, right. back you know in 2022, but uh, you know obviously yeah just didn't didn't pan out quite the way that the Padres had hoped you know it was going to. Um, you know maybe they you know, again, trying to walk away from it and get, you know, recoup some money and, and try to, you know, get get some starting pitching. And, you know, they still have some great guys, like I said, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, right. Xander Bogart. I mean, they still have some talent on that team. It's not like, you know, Soto leaving. It's the only guy that they have. They, they still got some talented guys. Uh, it's interesting you say all that, too, because <laughs> their payroll is still over $200 million, even right. with Soto leaving, leaving town. Right, right. So. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to. Probably maybe do some more work to, yeah, you know, help fill training. that, you know, fill that starting rotation. Because like I said, the only two guys they have left from their starting rotation from last year is Joe Musgrove and you Darvish. So it'll be interesting to see. But obviously from Yankees, you know, perspective, this is not, you know, not a surprise. We're used to seeing this Yankees team make the big splash in free agency. We'll just see if this year is any different because the last couple of years, it just has not been able to pan out for this Yankees team. I mean, this year was even more because they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Um, but, you know, in years past, even with the big free agents, the big splashes that they've made, they have not made deep playoff runs or, you know, made it made it to the World Series. Um, so we'll see see what happens. Obviously, Soto, a, a great talent, a, you know, a young talent, too. Um, so still at the, the peak of his of his career. So, you know, going to be going to be interesting to see how these how these Yankees, you know, play it out or how this goes for. Um, you know, for this Yankees team, obviously we're only, um, you know, a handful of months away from pitchers and catchers reporting for, for these teams. So, um, you know, we're just, just around the corner from starting another MLB season. So, all right, well, moving over, uh, we're going to stick with, stick with baseball, but another big free agent signing and, uh, the that, big free yeah, agent signing. the only one that matters <laughs> at this point, and we'll see how the dominoes fall after this one. But, um, if you haven't heard, you've probably been living under a rock, but, uh, Shohei Otani, the the big two way player, formerly with the Los Angeles Angels, not leaving home, going to stay in L.A., but he's moving over to the Dodgers. Uh, you know, moving over from the AL to the NL, um, gets himself a ten year, seven hundred million dollar deal. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on this uh, for for the Dodgers? Well, that is a whole lot of scratch, <laughs> right. and the Dodgers are either going to really love this deal or they're really going to hate it in 10 years because they're actually deferring $680 million of that $700 million deal until it's over. Right. Right. So I mean, he's going to make $20 million over the next 10 years. Right. 
scheduled to make $2 million a year for the next two years. And then they have to start setting aside, I believe it was like $46 million a year, Mm -hmm. basically the rest of the way to, to cover, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that. Yeah. So, you know, for the Dodgers, they're, they're, they're getting them kind of at at a deal for Mm -hmm. for the short term. Right. Right. Because it's all that deferred money. So they can spend that money elsewhere to bring even more talent into Mm -hmm. this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of a no brainer, really. I mean, Otani, the guy does it all. Mm-hmm. He, he pitches, he hits, hits for power, hits for on-base percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. He's yeah. just the the most dynamic player I've ever seen in my lifetime mm-hmm. of, yeah. of watching baseball. Yeah. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. everybody wanted to bring him in, and right. the, I think the Dodgers just found the most creative way to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, be exciting to see what they can do with him on on that already loaded roster, talented roster. Right? Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know the. The, uh, you know, everybody pulled out their checkbooks, you know, tried to do what they could to, you know, get this guy, uh, you know, this, the Dodgers were able to fork over the most cash and, you know, make it work the best for, for, for Shohei. Um, you know, it, uh, obviously, yeah, you look at the numbers as far as the deal goes. I mean, the guy, you know, if, if, if he were to have deferred all that money, if you were to divide, you know, the 10 years over the seven, you know, the 700 million over the 10 years, that's roughly, you know, $70 million a year. Well, that was more than some teams entire payroll <laughs> last year. Um, you know, looking at the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland athletics, uh, their 2023 opening, you know, opening day payrolls, Baltimore was roughly $61 million. Oakland was roughly $57 million. So wow. one player alone was more than a whole team. Now, again, you talk about a team that has fallen short of expectations, that's been this Los Angeles Dodgers team. I mean, right. they've been dominant in the NL. They've been dominant, you know, in their division uh, because they've won the NL West 10 out of the 11 years. But this Dodgers team doesn't build teams to win their division. Right. They build teams to win the whole World thing. Um, and, you know, this this is a team that in four of the past five seasons, they've won at least 100 games. But what do they have to show for it? You know, the past two off seasons. The two or two past postseasons, they've gotten put out by their two division rivals, mm-hmm. the San Diego Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks, in these past postseasons. So they don't have a ton of World Series to show for it. Obviously, a team that is no stranger to spending money and and willing to you know fork over the cash to bring in whoever, whenever, uh, but just hasn't translated success outside of winning their division or you know winning a lot of games in the regular season right. hasn't translated well in the postseason. Um, you know, so we'll see, obviously, yeah, Otani generational talent, a guy that, you know, can do it all. Um, you know, like you mentioned, pitch, hit. I mean, heck, he probably could play outfield. He could probably play, you know, out in the field if he right. needed to. I mean, the guy is just, yeah, a once-in-a-lifetime type talent. Um, but he won't be pitching at least – for at least a couple years um, as he's having Tommy John, basically Tommy John mm-hmm. surgery again for the second time in his career. Um, doctors have told him that, you know, if you want to get back to pitching, it's probably best that you lay off for a year, let it heal properly and just stick to hitting. Um, right. So uh, that's basically what Otani is going to do. He does. He says he does want to get back to being a two way player again, once he's fully healed and feels like he fully can give it his all. Uh, but in the short term, obviously, will be designated hitter or you know a, a big hit, big bat for for this Los Angeles Dodgers team. Um, so it'll be be interesting to see. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, this is the the first domino to fall in in free agency. We'll see how everything shakes out after this. I think this was kind of everybody was kind of waiting to see what he did, how he right. did, you know, money, all that stuff before the rest of the chips kind of fall and see what teams, you know, have money now or, you know, who wants to go after what players. Um, but, you know, the Dodgers weren't shy again after signing Otani. They went out and got, uh, you know, the starting pitcher from the Tampa Bay Rays and Tyler Glass now, one of the mm-hmm. best, you know, best pitchers over the last several years. They went out went out and got, got him shortly after they, you know, locked down Otani. So, and obviously with the whole deferral of the money, that, you know, speaks volumes that, you know, Otani's looking to build a team, which right. is, you know, good. Um, you know, so it, it helps out the Dodgers tremendously to be able to continue to sign big time free agents and bring in guys 
to make this Dodgers team, you know, the colossal giant that we're used to used to seeing. Um, obviously, with the with the signing that the Dodgers made, they move into the the favorite as you know the team to win the World Series. The right. Vegas, you know, betting odds favorite to win to win the World Series, jumping over the Atlanta Braves after after this you know after this signing. Um, you know the the interesting thing that the the couple teams that you know were kind of floated around or you know kind of maybe the other other favorites to possibly show you know sign Shohei were the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the San Francisco Giants and the Chicago Cubs mm-hmm. were, the, were the third team, along with obviously the Los Angeles Angels being the other team that were, you know, kind of the guys that were in the running or kind of the finalists to, to sign him. Obviously, ultimately, you know, Otani decided to sign with the, with the Dodgers. But, uh, you know, it, it was uh, very interesting because, yeah, I don't know, Vegas, everybody thought this guy is going to be a Blue Jay. They, right. they, they thought he was on a plane. They thought he was <laughs> – you know, getting ready to, you know, sign with the Blue Jays. And, yeah, their you know, fans are celebrating, dancing right, in the streets. Right, yeah, and all, yeah, of sudden, all of a sudden, where'd he go? <laughs> he's signing with a different team yeah. in blue. So, uh, you know, but uh, we'll see how this how this pans out. Because, again, the Dodgers have been a team that has had one of the biggest payrolls, and it hasn't panned out for them. So, mm. it, you know, the, this past year was kind of the, the small market teams that really played, you know, played great and made it to the postseason and really – you know, did some did some damage in right. the in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if the the Giants, meaning the spending mints, can get back on top in in you know in the in the MLB, or if we're you know have another year where just because you spend a ton of money, it doesn't mean that you're gonna right. you know win win the whole thing or you know have success in the playoffs. So we shall see what happens. But obviously, Otani, you know, generational type guy, um, you know, gonna get gonna get his start, gonna stay in LA, stay in the big market. And uh, you know, continue to shine. You know, as he has so far. Uh, you know, a guy that's won two MVPs so far. Right. If it wasn't for Aaron Judge's, you know, sixty-two home run season, you know, a couple years ago, he probably would be looking at three straight MVPs. Right. Um, that, that's how good this guy has been. Um, so we shall see what what happens. But uh, you know, like I said, MLB season just around the corner. So I'll tell you one last thing. I read about this deal. It, for for the Dodgers, it's pretty much going to pay for itself the way they structured this thing. They're they're projected to make about a billion dollars just from bringing Otani to town. Uh-huh. So I mean that's that's three hundred million to the good for them. Right. So right. you know what a what a great shrewd business move. Yeah, absolutely. So all right, well moving from baseball over to uh, some football news, a little NFL talk here for the next you know several 10, 15, 20 minutes here. So. Uh, Going to get things kicked off first with a little bit of, you know, coaching change news. Um, as you may or may not have heard, uh, the L.A. Chargers decided to move on from their head coach after two and a half seasons, um, letting go of, of Brandon Staley after their embarrassing, you know, 63-21 to 21 loss on Thursday night football to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Staley, you know, two and a half seasons, you know, in, in L.A., you know, 24-24, and 24, uh, so 500 record there for, for Staley, you know, made it to one playoff in his in his two and a half seasons, and uh, and again another game to to forget. Uh, you know, made it made it in twenty twenty two, made it last year, but blew a twenty seven point lead in that game to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so you know, again, I think a lot of just you know bad losses, embarrassing right. losses on this guy's you know uh, resume. Uh, you know, as I was watching the game last week. I, after you know way through when when the Raiders were up you know three four touchdowns I was like yeah I think this is finally the yeah, nail in the coffin they they you know this whole season they had been talking about him being on the hot seat and you know it, it just seemed like it kept just getting hotter because mm-hmm. every every time that they were the favorites to win or they you know were in it they just find a way to to lose the game every right. time and and this one just yeah again you lose sixty three to you know twenty one. Um, you know, on on primetime TV, it, it doesn't to spell. a team that's not a good team. Right, right, right. To a team that, to a team that scored three points right, the, the week, week before. before. Right, exactly. Um, you know, um, actually, no, they didn't score any. They scored oh, zero. Right. No, they, they got beat. Zero, they got beat three, three to nothing yeah, in that game. Right. So yeah. yeah, they go from not scoring a single point to scoring sixty three points. Right. Uh, yeah, that that and and especially Staley, known as a defensive guy. Yeah, it, it just yeah. But and I was watching that game. I was like. 
yeah, he he won't last. Mm-hmm. He probably won't make it make it to Monday. And you know, sure enough, it was you know Monday, and he was right. you know they were making the announcement that yeah, he was no longer going to be the be the head coach. And uh, I think that's the right move for the Chargers because yeah. if you're going to do it, do it do it early. Be the be the first one out so you can kind of have your pick of who you want right. while these other guys are kind of waiting around to the end of the season mm-hmm. trying to say, uh, do I want to fire him? Do I not? Right. You know. The, the, they're losing options as they go. So I, I think the timing is right for LA. Yeah. They've got their pick of whoever they really want to come in. Cause I think anybody'd be happy to be there with yeah. a quarterback like Joe Herbert. You got mm-hmm. Joey Bosa on the defensive mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a lot of talent there. Yeah. yeah. feel like you should be in a, in a win now situation. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, I, and then Staley, you, you kind of knew from the beginning of the year, he was, he was on the hot seat cause yeah. they, they brought in the offensive coordinator, um, from Dallas there mm-hmm. and a lot a lot of people thought he would be the head coach in waiting right. interesting to see he actually wasn't named the interim right, though right I don't know what that means for his future right, or right. if they're not haven't been impressed with what they thought they were getting out of him or, yeah, or I, what that's all about I mean it, you just look at this Chargers team and you, you say it I mean they have so much talent on yeah. both sides of the ball I mean it's it's unbelievable but they just it they can't they can't win ball games. Mm-hmm. You know, they just can't put it together. Uh, it never seems like they can get both sides of the ball on the same page in the same game. Right. I mean, it always seems like when the offense is clicking, the defense is, you know, not clicking and, you know, vice versa. And so it just never seems like they can put it all together, put in a complete performance from the entire team. Um, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, the Chargers brought in Staley because of his, you know, defensive acumen, you know, coming over from, the Los Angeles Rams in, in 2020, where in that 2020 season, the Rams were the best defense, you know, as far as points allowed and yards allowed per game. Uh, so they thought, you know, and again, talented defense that the Chargers have, at least on paper, have a talented right. defense. Uh, you know, thought that would that would spill, you know, spell well for for Staley. But honestly, it it they progressively got got worse over right. the years that that he was, you know, the head the head coach, and um, I think. I, I think that the Chargers will probably go a different direction. I think that they're going to bring in somebody with an offensive mind mm-hmm. um, because they, <clears throat> they're getting into a small window. Herbert, you know, they just signed him to a big deal right. this past offseason. The window is closing, you know, on obviously every snap, every play, your starting QB, your franchise QB's window of, you yeah. know, winning a Super Bowl or, you know, getting into the playoffs or making a deep playoff run get smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller every year. I, I think they have to bring in somebody that can unlock that. You know, Herbert's got a heck of an arm. The guy right. can throw it for the best of them, but they got to find a way to get that offense clicking. They mm-hmm. got to find a way to get unlock that potential that they have, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And, and I think that they can find a decent enough defensive coordinator to, to bring it all together. But I right. think that they're going to go offense in this, in this off season, to, to, you know, get Herbert, keep developing him and make sure that he doesn't regress after signing him to this, mm-hmm. to this big deal. Obviously you didn't sign him to a big deal for, you know, for no reason whatsoever. You, you truly believe in this guy. You think right. this is the guy that's going to lead your team to, to success. Well, you got to find somebody that can unlock that potential, unlock, you know, the offense and, and get this thing clicking because, you know, Herbert may be young, but the other guys around him are, mm-hmm. are getting older or they have kind of an older, older core team. So, you know, I, I think that the time is now to bring in somebody that, that, you know, is an offensive mind or has an offensive mind uh, to, to bring in to, to, you know, get this Chargers team to right the ship. Because if I'm somebody that's looking for a head coaching job, this is probably where I want, right. it's probably at the top of my list. It's mm-hmm. a team that you're, I, in my opinion, you're not walking into a dumpster fire right. like you are with it, some of these other teams. built to win now. Right. Like these, this team has the talent. It's just a matter of unlocking that talent and getting it to play well on, right. the, on the field. Um, you know, so there aren't a ton of glaring holes, a ton of, you know, needs type, type things for this Chargers team. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely, if you're looking for a head coaching position, mm-hmm. this is, this is probably where you, where you want to go. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the Chargers moving on from their head coach. You know, not only did they fire the head coach, they got rid of the general manager, um, and they also got rid of their defensive line coach as well as a part of, you know, this move. So um, interesting that, yeah, you mentioned they didn't, you know, 
typically it's you know one of the coordinators, offensive or defensive right. coordinator that usually takes over the interim spot. Well, they they went totally different right. route and went the outside linebackers coach right. uh, is the new you know new head coach. So uh, we'll see what what he can do in the last you know remaining three four weeks mm-hmm. of the season. Um, obviously not not big expectations. You know, technically the Chargers aren't eliminated from playoff contention mm-hmm. yet, but you pretty, know, pretty close. pretty close. Um, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, and obviously Herbert done for the season with the, you know the broken broken finger. Um, you know, not not something you want to see want to see from your franchise QB. But uh, yeah, we'll see what the, what the Chargers do in the off season, including finding a new head coach. Right. Um, you know, see what they what they do in the in the draft in the off season. And before before the show, we talked about <laughs> who I think the guy may be here and waiting. You, you got any opinions on, on your thoughts there? Um, I don't really have, you know, like I said, I, I think that they, you know, I kind of mentioned, I just think that they're going to go somebody offensive minded in my, in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously there's probably a lot of coordinators out there and waiting, um, you know, to, to, to bring on. Um, but yeah, I think that they go again, something offensive minded, you know, they tried to go this defensive route. It didn't, you know, necessarily work out for them. I think that they try to go offense here and, and get somebody that, that, yeah, again, can unlock that that offense that right. they have. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, continuing on then with the with the NFL, um, we are kind of like I mentioned at the three quarter mark here. Uh, only a handful of game, about three games for everybody left here on the slate. Uh, so we're gonna do our quick check in as far as you know who we think's gonna you know bring home a Super Bowl title, you know MVP, surprising team, not so you know disappointing team at this point. Um, you know, so we'll get, get things kicked off here. And, uh, Matt, who do, who do you think, uh, you know, who's your favorites to win the Super Bowl or, you know, your favorite yeah. to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. So, uh, the matchup I've got going in right now is the San Francisco 49ers currently 11, 11 and three taking on the Baltimore Ravens also currently 11, right. 11 and three, uh, the Ravens, you know, they're, they're 11 and three and arguably the most balanced division in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, every team mm-hmm. is right there in the playoff. Oh, yeah. Hunt. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're doing it in a, in a great division. Yeah. So that, that, that speaks volumes. Um, both of these teams are, are putting up points. San Francisco, though, 425 points on the season. Baltimore only three, 384. But then, man, the defensive side of the ball, you've got uh, 49ers have given up 234. Ravens have only given up 225 points this offseason. Mm-hmm. I, I think that defense would – be be the difference in in a Super Bowl game. I think it, that'd be enough for the take the take the Ravens to the title. All right, all right. Well, I uh, you know just picked picked one team here, the team I think that's you know my my favorite to win, and you know I think it's everybody's favorite at this point, or you know towards the top, and that that's the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since their three game skid that they had early in the season, they have righted the ship. They have done you know beaten everybody on their schedule and and beat them handily at this mm-hmm. point. Um, you know, it, for me, it's a balanced team, a team that, you know, does well on offense, does well on defense. You try to find a chink in the armor. Good luck. Cause at right. this point, nobody's been able to find it. Um, but you know, for me, the one thing that does start, you know, that kind of stands out as far as stat. Oh, it's a team that their average opponent starting field position their opponents start on their own 25 yard line yeah. best in the NFL, um, which is basically because you're scoring and right, kicking off. Right. Yeah. It's pretty much touchback. Yeah, a, a touchback every time. And that, that to me is just, they don't make stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. They don't, they win the field position battle. They, you know, don't, you know, allow teams to get short fields to get easy points. Right. Um, so I think they just play fundamental football. They take care of the football and do a lot of things right. I mean, they they obviously wouldn't be eleven and three if they you know didn't do a lot of the things that you need to do to be a, a good team here right. at the at the top of the you know the standings. So we'll see. You know, they look like a, a hot team, but again, we've seen in the playoffs here as of recent. You know, it doesn't it always isn't isn't always the best team that, mm-hmm. that wins in the in in the playoffs. So they uh, you know obviously have a tough slate ahead of them just to get to that Super Bowl. A lot of good right. teams in the NFC. So. They will, uh, you know, take on quite a few. You know, they'll they'll go to battle before they even get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely, before they get the chance to take on an AFC opponent. So, all right. Well, moving over from uh, best, you know, team to maybe win the Super Bowl, maybe best individual player. 
MVP candidate. Uh, Matt, who who do you like in this race? Yeah, I'm sticking with the guy I've been calling all season long, Christian McCaffrey. He's got 1,292 rush yards and 13 touchdowns to go along with 509 receiving yards and another seven touchdowns there. It's the most dynamic player in the NFL. Yeah. And he's got the endorsement of the guy everybody else is saying should be the MVP in Brock Purdy. Even yeah. Purdy has said, that that's our MVP. We're not winning without McCaffrey. And they showed it when McCaffrey got injured and was out, they lost, uh, lost the game. And then right. when, even when he came back, but wasn't quite a hundred percent, they continued to lose mm-hmm. until he was back a hundred percent. Then the team got rolling again. Yeah. I, I think that shows right there. That's the difference in this team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I like, I like his chances. I think definitely this is, you know, an opportunity for somebody outside of a QB to, mm-hmm. to win this award. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with the quarterback in this, you know, pretend in this particular award. Uh, but I like, you know, maybe that's maybe not, he's up there, but maybe not the guy that's the clear favorite or, mm-hmm. you know, the clear QB at this point, I, I'm sticking with, uh, you know, Tua, Tua Tagalavoa, the, you know, QB from Miami. Um, you know, the guy's leading the league in passing yards, uh, you know, top 10, top five in all the, the statistical categories as far as QB play goes. The Dolphins are 10 and four, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC that are winning their division, um, lead the league in points per game, lead the league in passing yards per game. So, and a lot of that is is due to, you know, Tua. And obviously he has a lot of weapons in Miami to be able to, you know, get the ball and distribute the ball to, but, you know, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Tua's chances in Miami. I think he's got a tough three-game stretch to finish out the season. I believe he plays the Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, and the Buffalo Bills. All teams with winning records, all teams that have been talked about, you know, potential Super Bowl Mm -hmm. favorites. I think if Tua can have three good games against these three tough – because that's the knock he got on the Dolphins right now. They haven't beat a good team. They haven't beat a good team. Yep. If they can beat these three, or maybe even two out of the three, right? I think two it, it mm. definitely helps two as MVP, and yep. he and he has a good game. He can't go out there and just you know be mediocre. Right. He still has to have good games against these guys. Yep. I, I think he could really propel himself up there in the MVP right. race if he can can do well. But I sense. think Nick Prescott has the same thing going right. for yeah, him right absolutely. now because yep. he's got to take on Miami and Detroit. Right. If he has big games there, he's right back in the thick yep. of things, even though he just had a stinker there against Buffalo. Right, right. If he can have a big game against <laughs> Miami, another MVP contender. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Could another get real big game close. against Detroit. Right. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's a pick em on, on oh, who yeah. you're picking it, for it the MVP this real, year. Real, real interesting. You know, probably a little bit closer than maybe what we've had in the years past. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems like in years past, we've had. By this point in the season, we've one had a pretty two. we've had a pretty clear cut yeah. favorite, or you know, one A, one B, or whatever. Uh, you know, this year it seems like it's been quite an up and down yeah. roller coaster. And and to this point, I think yeah, you probably could name about five guys that would have a legitimate shot at winning yeah. winning the MVP. Uh, but I think yeah, this three game stretch for several of these guys will be the deciding factor. You know, going into the you know the MVP uh, race. So. For sure. All right. Well, then, uh, what about you know a team that maybe surprising to see where they're at here at the three quarter mark, or you know a hot team? What, what's your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I won't say surprising, but I'll I'll stick with hot, and it's a team we've just talked about quite a bit in the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Winners of six straight, yep. they've won every one of those games by double digits, and most of them against a playoff contending teams. Mm-hmm. They beat Seattle, yeah. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, yeah. Jacksonville, yeah. all in just massacres. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, they're right. just playing out of their minds right right now and and nobody can keep up yeah yeah absolutely well for me i I went i went more of the kind of surprising team Mm -hmm. um and that that's a home the hometown team here at the cleveland browns Mm -hmm. uh sitting at nine and five second in that afc north division that's probably if not the best you know one of the best in in you know the nfl this year i'm not gonna say best because i don't know that all those teams are like Super Bowl caliber teams, but definitely competitive, most balanced, competitive, competitive for sure. Um, but you know the reason that they're my most surprising team. Let, let, let me tell you about the number of injuries, and I'm not saying injuries like their guys are out for one or two weeks. Mm-hmm. They got several guys that have been out for the entire season. season. Starting right tackle Jack Conklin. They're starting running back Nick Chubb. Starting quarterback Deshaun Watson. Starting left tackle Jedrick Wills Jr. Their backup right tackle, Dewan Jones. 
And then their starting defensive tackle, Maurice Hurst. That is, let's see, that's six guys right there that are all been out the entire season <laughs> and, and have happened throughout, right. you know, different times of the season. Some of them very early on, some of them midway, and, you know, some of them as of recent of last week. Right. Um, but to me, any, Next man I, up. you know, for the Browns or for any other team that's in the NFL, that number of injuries to starting guys, mm. Should be most careful, teams like. would have been folding in the, you know, Throwing in the towel, folding in the lawn chair. Let's get ready to go for next season yeah. and, and whatever. But the Browns have found a way to win, and they're down to their fourth different starting quarterback this year. They found Magic and Joe Flacco. You know, hats off to them. You know, the three different times he was in New York, he could never find a way to get it done. But he's finding Magic in in Cleveland. Uh, but this this Browns team again. They don't do anything pretty. They don't do anything that, you know, sets the world on fire. They just find ways to win. Right. And, and I think it, it's a testament to this, how this team is made. But, you know, I talked about it at the very beginning of this season, you know, before week one even started, I told you this Browns defense was going to be one of the top defenses in the league. And what do you know? They are yeah. uh, top five, you know, defense and it starts in the passing game. Uh, this this is a team that allows the least amount of passing yards, 159 passing yards. And in a NFL that people sling it 50 times a game, and you know you practically can go out on the field and get 150 yards. Right. This this defense is the real deal, and is built for today's NFL to stop the pass and and, and you know really limit them. They're only allowing. 28% conversion rate on third down. That's 28%. Yeah. I mean, this this team is is nasty on the defensive end. And again, three out of four times you're right. getting off the you're field off the on field. third yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it it their defense is what's carrying them to this point. Uh, but again, with a defense like that and an offense that again doesn't have to go out there and score 50 points a game, right. but if they can score, you know, 20, 25 points with a defense like they have it puts them in situations mm-hmm. to win, to win games. And that's what they're doing. And yeah, if you would have said after maybe two of these injuries that the Browns would even be in the playoff hunt, right. it, you probably would have, you know, even Browns fans probably would have said, and you're, you're crazy. <laughs> right. in LA. Um, Especially but, if you would have said Chubb and Watson, right. Are down <laughs> are out done for the year. And again, this Browns team finds a way to win. So for me, that's the reason that they're my most surprising team, because with that many injuries, most teams would be way below 500, would have packed it in right. already and said, let's move on, get ready for the next year. For this and and by the way, it's, it's not their second-string quarterback. It's not their third-string quarterback. Right. Fourth. This is the fourth guy. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, and Joe Jeez. Blacko, for crying out yeah. loud. Um, so it, it, they're finding magic. Again, finding ways to win games. That's all that matters, the win-loss record. They don't, they don't say how you win, whatever. They don't right. put style points on there. Whatever your win loss record is, if you got a good enough win loss record, you're in the playoffs, yeah. and anything can happen once you make it to the playoffs. So we'll see what the what the Browns can do. But man, they they got you know three games left to make a push. This would be you know to me would be a, a fantastic season. And I think if you're talking anybody but Kevin Stefanski to win Coach of the Year, mm-hmm. if the Browns are able to make it into the playoffs, there's there's no way. I I, I don't think there's any coach that would have this many injuries to starting people right. and still be able to make the playoffs and have a, a decent record at that. You know, they're right. not just going to be like limping in at, you know, round 500 to make it into the playoff. I mean, they're going to be towards the top of right. the standings and, and make it into the playoffs. Well, I mean, yeah. just ask your jets. I mean, right. that's been yeah. their excuse. All, all injuries. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We've had so many injuries. Can't, you know, whatever the Browns have found a way to do it. So yeah. it, it, it's not, not an excuse. So yeah. this Browns team is, yeah, is fighting hard. Uh, you know, I hope for for Cleveland's sake, they they do find a way to make it in the playoffs because yeah. this has been one heck of a season for right. them. Well, then uh, for every you know hot team, surprising team, we got to have one team or teams that are you know disappointing to us or you know teams that we thought would be better at this point in the season that just have not found a way to get it done. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, for me, it's the Washington Commanders. These are losers of five straight games. <laughs> After they just gutted their team at the trade deadline, gutted their defense, let all these guys go. 
uh, would be losers of eight straight had it not been for a three-point win against the lowly mm. New England Patriots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, th- these guys are just playing just awful football. Guy. Yeah, that's just not not good on that side of the ball. This is a team that made the playoffs a year ago, mm-hmm. and it, and now they're, they're, they're nowhere to be heard of in the discussion. It, right. it, it's just a disappointing season there in Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my most, most disappointing team, and I won't spend too much time because it's a team we just talked about, and that's the L.A. Chargers for me. I mean, they're sitting at five and nine. They're last in their division, but this has just been a, a culmination of a couple of years. I mean, this is a team that went second in their division last mm-hmm. year, had, you know, hopes of making somewhat of a, a deeper playoff run and, and and blow a 27 point lead in their first, you know, first game last year um, to, to a team that they were far better than in, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, again, couldn't finish the deal, couldn't get it done. And this is a team that has just, regressed over the last couple of years, even with the amount of talent that they have on both sides of the ball. I, I, I just, yeah, I, I had this chargers team being up there, being competitive, having a chance to compete in that AFC West, maybe even dethrone the Kansas city chiefs in that, in that AFC West division. But man, this is, this is, yeah, it, it has gotten worse over the years than, than better. So, you know, we'll see what the chargers do obviously in the off season, but you know, they've got, Got some work to do um, on both sides of both sides of the ball to you know unlock that talent that they have. So, all right, well, um, like I said, we're going to keep with the NFL. Uh, um, only a handful of games left, so we're going to kind of check in on the current state of the uh, playoff race in both the NFC and the AFC. Kind of see where people are at, who's in, who's you know who's still fighting, what you know what's on the line these last you know three weeks in the in the season. Um, so we'll start, <clears throat> excuse me, over in the NFC to, to begin with. Uh, so currently, if the season were to end today, here are your seven teams in in order. You got the one-seeded San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions at three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four, the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles at five, the Minnesota Vikings at six, and the LA Rams at seven. Now, Three of those teams have already clinched a spot, no matter what. Yep. That is, San Francisco has clinched their division and have the potential to lock up the NFC with a win this week. The Dallas Cowboys have clinched a playoff berth, but have not clinched their division. And the Philadelphia Eagles have clinched a playoff spot, but are still fighting to possibly get the mm-hmm. um, NFC East division between them and the Cowboys. Um, and then you got teams in the hunt right now. You got the Seattle Seahawks at the eighth seed right now. The New Orleans Saints at nine. Uh, Outside shot, Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers. And real long shots, you got the Giants and the Chicago Bears. Um, But... What's your what's your thoughts on the NFC right now, Matt? You know, any thoughts? Is it going to be one through seven as we see it today, or do you think you know things are going to going to move around? Uh, I, I think it'll move a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure Tampa Bay is the the best team in the NFC South. I I, I think talent wise, I look for New Orleans to mm-hmm. rise to the top there and yeah. and take that division. Yeah. Uh, the North is pretty well locked up there with the Detroit Lions, so you know definitely give them the three. So I think that'd make the Saints the four. I don't think any other team in the South gets in at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then at that point, I like I like the Vikings to probably be the last wild card team, and I, I think Philadelphia is going to take the two. Cow- the Cowboys are going to end up the five. The <coughs> Eagles have a way easier schedule than the Cowboys mm-hmm. down the stretch. They yeah. played the 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 Giants twice. Mm-hmm. They are playing a little better football now right, than they right. were in the beginning of the season, yeah, but yeah. still not playing great. Mm-hmm. And I think their other game may be against Washington or, it, no, the, or no, Arizona. Arizona, against Arizona. Yep, yep. Who, who actually is also playing right. better of late, but right. I, I, Philadelphia should win all mm-hmm. three of those mm-hmm. games where mm-hmm. Dallas then has to play um, Miami, Miami, Detroit, Detroit and, and then out. they get Washington. Yep, yep. So, you know, I, I think Dallas probably – takes two out of those three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think philadelphia wins out okay so philadelphia takes the two dallas takes the five okay yeah yeah i think uh for me that six seven eight kind of slate right there i think is going to be interesting i honestly think the vikings they they got a tough slate here they, they finish out the season have to play the lions twice mm-hmm. um and play Green Bay, who's you know also fighting for a playoff spot. Do the Lions start to rest though once they really have this thing. Maybe, maybe, up? maybe could be you know maybe that last week of the season they because 
Detroit, because, you know, if Detroit wins this week against Minnesota, mm-hmm. they lock up the NFC North. So I honestly, right. obviously, I think they're playing obviously their starters this week to lock up the division. I guess they could be trying to get up to that two <coughs> two right, spot. Right, right. Um, I think they have a lot to overcome in that case because mm-hmm. they would have to then. I think they already lost to they already lost to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So I, the Eagles have the tiebreaker there. Right. Um, if the Cowboys beat them, then they're just they're done at that mm-hmm. point. Right. Right. So. It'll be interesting to see what, what they would do that last week. Yeah, what what happens, you know, in, in the next coming weeks. But, you know, you look at Seattle then, you know, sitting at the seventh spot, their schedule, at least on paper, looks a little more favorable. They play the Tennessee Titans, who are five and nine or are already have already been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at seven and seven, you know, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, and then they finish out the season with the Arizona Cardinals. So definitely on paper, they have the easier schedule yeah. if you're looking at the Minnesota Vikings. And they're playing really well. Yeah, they just right. beat the Eagles. They right. took the Cowboys to the wire. Right, I mean, right. They're playing good football right, right now. Right, Yeah, so it will be will be interesting. I think the Rams, you know, at the seventh seed, man, they, they are a dangerous team right now, in my opinion. I think this is a, this is a Rams team that – Veteran leadership. Yeah, a, a, a team may not want to see in the first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. because they, they are a team that's that's playing well here as of late. You know, the last three, four weeks, Stafford's really putting it together. He's got all of his weapons back on offense. This is an offense that's clicking right now. Um, and they, they finish out the season with a Saints team tonight on Thursday night football. They play the Giants – and then they finish out the season against the San Francisco 49ers. So it will be will be interesting, you know, if the playoffs were to start today, here is how the current matchups would play out. San Francisco being the one seed, they get a first-round bye. You got the two-seeded Dallas Cowboys taking on that Los Angeles Rams team. Then you got the Detroit Lions, the three-seed, taking on the Minnesota Vikings, an NFC North battle. Then you got the current four-seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, which yeah, I, I'd rather be in the Eagles' shoes than the Cowboys' shoes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Obviously, we saw it last year. The Buccaneers made it in at 7-9, and nine, had a losing record because they were still able to win their division. They were able to, you know, make it into the playoffs. You know, took on the Cowboys in the first round. You know, Cowboys had the better record. Um, were on the road, but still took care of business and, and beat the you right. know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, yeah, if you're the Eagles, you probably yeah want to see somebody from that NFC, you know, South Division rather than potentially having to match up with a Rams team that's that's playing super hot right now. So, but you're better off to be that two seed overall because then you don't have to play both of right. the 49ers and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's that's what we got in the NFC. Uh, then looking over at the AFC, um, current rankings or current kind of seeding right now. Got the Baltimore Ravens with the one seed. They've already clinched a playoffs berth. And that's the only, the only team one. in the AFC that's clinched one. Then you got the Miami Dolphins at two. Three is the Kansas City Chiefs. Four, Jacksonville Jaguars. Five is the Cleveland Browns. Six is Cincinnati Bengals. Seven is the Indianapolis Colts. Then you got uh, several teams kind of in the hunt, in the mix. You got uh, the eight-seeded Houston Texans right behind them. The Buffalo Bills sitting at number nine. Uh, Ten. Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos at 11, and two teams with very outside chat, but uh, still in the hunt, Las Vegas Raiders, and, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers still still in the mix. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on the, on the AFC? Any, anything, anything here you, you know, got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, it, it's looking like it's any, anybody's ball game. I, I mean, I think the Ravens will, will clinch that number one overall. I, I like Miami's chances to be that number two. Well, man, three three on down is really anybody's game. I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting yeah. last couple of weeks here yeah. to really jockeying for position and, yeah. and seeing who's getting in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the the game I got circled as the very last week of the season, mm-hmm. that's the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Could be for the division, could be for the number two spot in the AFC. Because the Dolphins, like I mentioned, finish out the season against Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Could lose all three. Buffalo, on the other hand, finishes the season, Los Angeles, the Chargers, mm-hmm. the New England Patriots, and then finish with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. We could be seeing the Dolphins lose their first two games of the season, of that, of that, yeah. you know, this three game slate, and the Bills win the next two games, puts them both at ten and six. And, you know, hmm. play each other the very last week of the season to decide 
who wins the AFC East. You think um, that would be for the two spot though, or you think it would probably point, fall down to the three? Yeah, at that point it probably would. You know, looking at you know some of the other teams like Kansas City has a pretty favorable schedule to kind mm-hmm. of finish out the season. They could possibly get their win loss record up a little bit to possibly right. take, but no matter what, it's obviously going to be a top four seed. Right. Yep. Um, but honestly, it could see the Dolphins totally eliminated. Right. I mean, you lose. It could be win this division or you're out of the playoffs <laughs> at this point, uh, which is, you know, unfortunate because right. the Dolphins have had such a good season. But again, we've talked about it. They've had a good season against teams that are not so good. Right. The teams that are good or have been better or have a better record, they have not played up to par against those those teams. So if this is Dolphins team is legit and for real, this is the time to show it. There's right. no better time to do it than these last three weeks. They, you know, they're going to have their hands full. Buffalo's maybe silently playing one of the, they're, they're the hottest team in football right now with, you know, some of the wins that they had the last couple of weeks, but still on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go. So it's going to be very dicey, at least in that AFC East it could be that last week of the season, mm-hmm. it's it's winter, go home, and go home for good. No no playoffs whatsoever, um, just because there is a lot of you know a lot of good teams in those five through you know five through ten, eleven, whatever spot that are all still jockeying for mm-hmm. position. Um, and man, talk about you, you can't tank for a good <laughs> draft pick because you're no. all still in it. Right, exactly. Yeah, you don't know what to do at this yeah. point in the season. Do you you know yeah. Still making a push for the playoffs because that's what everybody wants to do. Everybody wants to, you know, make it to the playoffs. Because if you're in, you got a shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see, you know, Jacksonville, Indianapolis still fighting each other for for that division. because uh, both are sitting at eight and six right now. Um both teams kind of uh, you know, it, it kind of looks like Jacksonville has the more favorable schedule looking at it on paper. They play the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at seven and seven. Play the Carolina Panthers at two and twelve, and then finish out the season with the Titans at mm-hmm. five and nine. It looks like they're kind of in the driver's seat. I think that they may or may not have the tiebreaker over the Colts as well. Right. So, um, and then the Colts finish out the season against the Atlanta Falcons, who are six and eight, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are six and eight, and the Houston Texans, who are eight and six. Mm-hmm. So. A little bit better competition, you know, 500 teams right there for the Colts. Um, you know, the, the Browns are, are in the mix. They finish out the season with the Texans this week, the Jets, and the Bengals. Honestly, that Bengals game could be deciding somebody's playoff fate in that sense as well mm-hmm. uh, because the Bengals finish out the season with Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, I could see both of those teams winning two out of the three yeah. or, you know, whatever, and, and giving themselves yeah. a, a shot at the end to see whoever wins that game. Not, not liking the Bengals' chances of right. the backup quarterback. Right, that right. That's, yeah, yeah. It's going to be going to be tough. But, yeah, in the AFC, man, it is all over the place. I think the NFC, pretty straightforward. But AFC, man, there's, there's a lot of teams. You know, I think all three of these games, we could see – one through, you know, one through seven, in my opinion, could be completely tossed upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure what Baltimore schedule looks like the rest of the rest of the season, but, uh, you know, they're obviously in the driver's seat as far as locking up the number one seed in the right. AFC. But, uh, yeah, the AFC is all over, kind of all over the place. And, you know, a lot of teams that are in the in the hunt, um, obviously Houston's still in the mix, but. You know, hopefully they can get their starting quarterback back. Yeah, or I think it's not like he's going to be out again this week. <laughs> right. So it's uh, – going to be going to be tough for them to get to get some wins without you know without their star player that they've had um so we'll see see what happens but looking at the AFC uh the current playoff matchups if they were to start today we got Baltimore Ravens would have the first round bye we would have the Miami Dolphins taking on the Indianapolis Colts the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars will be taking on the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, some some interesting matchups there, you know, potentially in the in the first round of the AFC. So, anything anything is possible, but uh yeah. So, we still got a lot to play for in the final 3 weeks of the season. So, definitely want to want to tune into the NFL and you know, keep keep paying attention, you know, only been a handful of teams, my team included, that have been eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs. So, uh, but you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of teams out there still, still playing for, for playoff positioning and, you know, potential playoff, uh, birth. So, all 
All right, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Uh, Stick with us. We're going to talk a little NBA Christmas Day games after we get back. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned before the break, I'm going to talk a little NBA news. Uh, you know, Christmas is just around the corner, so that means NBA on Christmas Day. Um, and it's a good it's a good time of the year because we even got NFL games on Christmas Day as well. Three different NFL games on Christmas Day as well. So you like sports, you like anything, you're going to have some, you know, going to have some good times, some stuff to talk about, you know, at, at the at the Christmas dinner table. So uh, but, you know, obviously Christmas Day is usually put aside for for the NBA. Um, so we got five games, you know, on the slate for for Christmas Day in the NBA. Uh, we'll just kind of preview each one, kind of give us our give give our thoughts on on the matchups and who we think might might pull it off. Um, so we'll get kicked off with the first one, the first game of the slate. That's the Milwaukee Bucks at 20 and seven taking on the New York Knicks at 16 and 11 noon game Eastern time over on ESPN. Um, currently Vegas favors the Bucks by three and a half points. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this game? Yeah, you got the Bucks coming in this, like you said, 20, 20 and seven <laughs> and just so much talent on that team. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're finally starting to figure gel. each other out yeah. and yeah. gel together. I, I think that spells bad, bad luck for the Knicks. Yeah. I, I like the Bucks in this, even with the spread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks, a team that, that plays better on the defensive end than they do the offensive end. It's kind of the opposite for the Bucks. They like to score points. They give up a ton of points. Um, I think for me, this is this is tough, tough break for the Knicks because they just lost their one of their starting big men, uh, Mitchell Robinson, out for the season. I think that spells doom for for a Knicks team that is going to have to find a way to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they have anybody that can really match up with him or can really you know play defense on him. I like the Bucks to win and, and and dominate in this in this game. Um, Bucks five and four on Christmas Day. The New York Knicks twenty three and thirty one on Christmas hmm. Day. So you know Bucks have not played as many games on Christmas Day compared to the Knicks. You know the Knicks always seem to be a staple on Christmas Day, uh, but you know the Bucks do have a winning record. You know on on Christmas Day, but uh, I like them to to get the win here and you yeah. know continue that 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 trend to keep that record going on Christmas, Christmas day. So uh, second game, second game on the slate, we got the golden state warriors coming in at 13 and 14, taking on the defending NBA champions, the Denver nuggets at 19 and 10, mm-hmm. uh, two thirty game over on ABC nuggets currently favored by five and a half points. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is a game that when it was released, looked real sexy, oh, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. real, real exciting. Right. And neither of these teams right now are really living up to it preseason expectations uh-huh. but man golden state is just they're sliding oh yeah i mean draymond right. gets ejected now he's indefinitely suspended so right. you lose that right. uh steph hasn't been shooting like he has in the past uh-huh. clay really isn't putting up much either right. uh, golden state's just they're, they're reeling denver's got <laughs> too much talent yeah I, i'm taking the nuggets here yeah yeah i gotta agree i like i like the nuggets um golden state 15 and 17 on christmas day the nuggets only two and six on christmas day but um this is this is a different nuggets different nuggets team a, a, a nuggets team that any one of their guys can can beat you they, mm-hmm. they average almost 30 assists per game uh which is second in the nba they, they share the basketball they let everybody kind of get involved they beat you by committee this is not a team that 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 one guy is going to beat you. You have to play defense on all five guys at all times. Um, Golden State without Draymond, their kind of vocal defensive leader. I think that spells spells bad news. Um, you know, obviously Draymond, a very versatile defender as well, being able to match up with one through five on the floor. I think this just spells doom for for this Golden State. I don't know that they're going to be able to shoot it un, shoot it well enough to shoot themselves out of the hole. 
I like Denver to win this game and, and win it big. Yeah. Uh, third game, uh, two NBA staples take going at each other here on Christmas Day. Celtics, Boston Lakers. Celtics, 21-6. and six. Los Angeles Lakers, 15-13. and 13. 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on ABC. Celtics currently four-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, you know, Lakers, ever since they won that, you know, in-season <laughs> tournament, man, they've really taken a nosedive since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll see if a little Christmas Day magic can get them, you know, can get them back in the in the mix here. And what better way to, to beat off, you know, the Boston Celtics, their bitter longtime rivals, it seems like, in the NBA. Um, you know, the, the Celtics – 16 and 20 on Christmas Day. The Lakers 24 and 25. Obviously, the, the Celtics led by their star small forward, Jason Tatum. And uh, the Lakers led by their small forward, LeBron James, the guy that's been in the league and seems like he just keeps getting better with age. Uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts on this on this game, Matt? Who do you like? You know, I like the Celtics here and simply just because I'm not sure I like the tenor of the Lakers. You've got LeBron who recently just came out and said, we're fatigued. We've got tired legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're only 28 games into right, the season, huh? and he's talking about being fatigued right. and tired already. Right. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't feel the drive because a week before that, he was saying, "We're playing for five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right, this is right. the greatest thing ever. We're going to win. We're playing great. Right, right. We're, we're fine. Mm-hmm. When there's something on the line, the Lakers are ready to play. But these regular season games, they seem to be disinterested. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know what Lakers team you're going to get mm-hmm. if, if you get the interested Lakers team. It could be a good game, but this Celtics team, they're bringing it every week. They don't care if it's preseason, regular season, tournament time. Right. They're they're playing. Uh-huh. I, I I like Boston in this just just for that simple fact that the, the Lakers just don't really seem to care right now. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be gonna be interesting. Uh these two teams want number one and number two as far as defensive rebounds per game. Boston just slightly better than the like than the Lakers on the defensive board. So gonna be uh yeah, interesting to see who's able to get you know, get shots uh, because, you know, it seems like both these teams limit you to one, you know, to one shot. That's all you get. So I think to me, the Celtics have a better chance. You know, they have more shooters, have better shooters on the floor. I think that they get better, better looks, better opportunities, score, score more points. The Celtics are also ranked top 10 in both points scored per game and points allowed per game. So mm-hmm. top 10 in both of those categories, the Lakers kind of middle of the road in both categories. Again, I've taken a real nosedive since that in-season tournament championship. Um, I, I like the Celtics to, to get it done. We'll be going on the road to LA, where LA is is pretty stout on the um, you know at home. So we will see if the, if the Celtics can pick up one on the on the road. But right now, they look like a, a hot team and look like a team that you know not only to win this game but potentially win the win the whole thing. So, all right, fourth game on the uh, on the slate here, we got the Philadelphia 76ers at 19 and eight taking on the Miami Heat at 16 and 12, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on ESPN. Uh, but the, you know, the 76ers have the better team or the, you know, the better record, but the Heat favored by a point and a half in this game. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this game? Who do you, who do you like? Well, I mean, the Heat are the, the home team. So, yeah. I mean, I think that means Vegas expects a close yeah. game, yeah. but they're, they're getting that, those home point, home extra points. Right, right. So, really, I, I think Philadelphia is probably the, the, the points favorite mm-hmm. in this thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I don't know. Miami in the offseason didn't really do anything to make their team any better. Yeah. Philadelphia, I feel like, got better in the offseason, even though they traded James Harden. They, they got some pieces in that yeah. I think well-rounded out their team a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I like the way Philadelphia is playing better right now. I like Philadelphia in this one. But it's going to be close. Miami at home always plays well. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, – I don't know if Vegas, you know, took this into consideration or not, but uh, the Heat are 11-2 and on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Including – I think it's either six and zero or eight and zero since Eric Spolstra has been the coach. So wow. they have not lost a Christmas Day game under Eric Spolstra. So again, I don't know if that played into Vegas's decision as far as the point spread go, but you know the Heat, you know they're they're pretty good on this on this Christmas Day. So we'll see what they can do. Obviously, the the, the two superstars, the two stars on the court for for these two teams are going to be the two big men. Obviously, Joel Embiid for the 76ers, and then Bam Adebayo having him himself a a year averaging 22 points a game, almost 10 rebounds. And for a big man, almost one and a half steals a game as well. So, you know, playing, playing on both sides of the ball, both sides of the court, um, you know, the heat shoot the ball as a team, almost 40% from the three point line. Uh, So 
76ers going to have to come out and play a little defense out on the uh, out on the perimeter. Uh, these are two teams that, as far as points per game allowed, top ten in the NBA. So I think we're going to have ourselves a little bit of a uh, you know a battle as far as defense goes. But I just think 76ers again better offense, have more opportunities to, to score the ball, have more playmakers, have more guys that can contribute. Uh, I think the 76ers get it get it done, but I think it's going to be a close a close game. <clears throat> All right, well, and if you can stay awake for the last game of our slate, we got our fifth one, the uh, Dallas Mavericks, 16 and 11, taking on the Phoenix Suns at 14 and 13, 10:30 p.m. Eastern time over on ESPN. The Suns currently a five and a half point favorite. Matt, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know for Dallas. Is Kyrie back or, nope. or not yet? So, nope. and not having Kyrie back, I, I think that really limits limits Dallas here. I mean, Luca's playing his mind out, mm-hmm. doing doing the best he can to keep them in this thing. Right, right. But Phoenix ha- has too much talent on their side of the ball, mm-hmm. and you know, I I, I think. Really, even even if Kyrie were back, I'm not sure I, I would love him in a game like this because mm-hmm. he, he tends to – games like this where it's, oh, it's a holiday. He doesn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. He, he, he plays like he doesn't want to be there, mm-hmm. and, I, and that, that seems to hurt. But I think, I think either way, I, I, I like Phoenix and all the talent they have, and I think they need need a win a little more to, to show they're, they're still a, a dominant premier team in the league. Mm-hmm. Being at home, having that home court advantage too, I think that helps. I'm, I'm going Phoenix. Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting game, to say the least, because both these teams, it, it seems like the Mavericks, they got a decent record or off to a better start than what they were last year around this time. Um, but it seems like against the more elite teams or the better teams, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, really doesn't matter. They they don't play very well. They, they've beaten the teams that they should beat, but the teams that, you know, they're going to have to face up against in the playoffs or, you know, the, the better teams in both conferences, they, they, they tend to not play. And, and it's mostly because it's not because Luca changes. I mean, Luca's played lights out no matter who they're playing. It's the other guys on the court t- right. tend to fade or, you know, the, the help is not there against those better, those better teams, not having Kyrie, in a in a matchup like this going to continue to hurt. Luca's doing all he can to, to, you know, keep it going. But, a Phoenix Suns team that, again, made up of, you know, Bradley Beal, yeah, Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker. You'd have thought at this point a fourteen and thirteen record, they'd be better than what they what they are. Right. It, the injuries, man. Bradley Beal just got injured again. Right. I think they've only played Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal have only played maybe one or two games yeah. on the floor at the same time. Bradley Beal, like I mentioned, just got hurt. He's going to be out at least two more weeks. I, I don't know. This game is a toss-up. Toss-up for me. I, I, I'll take the Dallas Mavericks on the road, get a win finally against a big-time, big-time opponent. But man, it, it's going to be going to be close. I, I think five and a half. No matter if it was the Mavericks favored by five and a half, the Suns favored by five and a half. I think this game could be a blowout one way, one way or the or other, other yeah. um, because neither one of these two teams seem to be ready to take on that elite level talent in the Western conference. Uh, it seems like, yeah, both of them have not just been able to put it together against some of those better teams. Uh, I'll, I'll take Dallas, Dallas in this one. I think Luca finds a way to, you know, have some Luca magic on Christmas, Christmas day and, and gets, gets a win against a Phoenix suns team. That's looking for answers to try to, you know, keep themselves competitive in the Western conference. So, all right. Well, that's all for our show tonight. So we uh, thanks for listening to Pirate Up with your host, Colton Cow. Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear uh, other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We do have an Instagram if you search for at Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you look for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players, you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.